0: You're listening to the Weekend Collective Podcast from Newstalk ZB.
1: The National Party is proposing a significant change to a housing density policy that it teamed up with Labor to support uh, just a couple of years ago. The medium density residential standards, which basically allowed you to build three homes, three storeys on most sites without the need for resource consent. It was a bi- bipartisan housing accord between Labor and National. Um, act didn't support it but anyway two years on nationals housing spokesperson chris bishop has confirmed the party wants to allow councils to have a choice to opt out of these rules and to talk more about that spokesperson for national for urban development housing and infrastructure chris bishop joins me now g'day chris good afternoon so what happened to the spirit of bipartisanship
0: Well, we always uh, are intending to go into the election with our own policy. It's very clear from the feedback from councils and communities that they want a bit more discretion and flexibility about how they implement density uh, in their cities. Uh, And so that's what we're taking to the election. But we're not giving up on the idea of going for housing growth. In fact, actually, the policy we've announced uh, today is actually a more ambitious policy uh, than the MDRS. Uh, Changes because we're requiring 30 years of housing growth to be put into the market immediately.
1: When did you decide you needed to change your minds on this? There's been a bit of, um, you know, I saw Q&A today, a bit of a question around Luxon saying something in response to a question, but when did you start work on this?
0: Oh, we've been working on this, uh, well, pretty much since the start of the year. Uh, And, uh, you know, we've been in policy development in the National Party across all of our areas for, for many months now. It's election year, that's what you'd expect. Uh, but you know, Chris was uh, asked a question at the public meeting in Northcote on Wednesday, and he answered the question. Uh, yeah. And um, you know, so that, yeah. that's where we're at. But we've been this has been underway for, for you know many months now.
1: What was your prime objection uh, to what was earlier agreed on?
0: I just think it's clear that communities want a bit of discretion and flexibility. If you look at Christchurch, they basically just point-blank refused to implement it, said, look, it doesn't suit our city. Mm. You've got parts of Auckland in which uh, there's uh, character, a special character that people are concerned about, but also the infrastructure uh, limits in some parts of the city as well, and um, people point to the Auckland floods as exposing some of those deficiencies. So there's, there's a range of, you know, I, I think, um, fair enough objections. And we're saying to councils, look you can use it if you want to and there'll be there'll be councils and communities that choose to implement it I think Wellington's pretty keen on using the ndRS yeah. but there'll be other parts of the city uh, other cities that decide not to but what we are saying is you can exempt particular areas if you'd like to but you've got to find the growth elsewhere in fact you've got to find even more growth uh, than you found before so that means a mixture of green fields it means a mixture of density and we're also saying around those transport corridors you know busways mm. and rapid transit and train stations and things like that, um, there's real potential for up-zoning around there and particularly mixed-use development. So I'm thinking of commercial uh, sites or apartments above shops, more bars, cafes, leisure opportunities, yeah. uh, places where people want to live, work and play all in the same area.
1: How, how do you think this will go down with your potential Coalition Partner Act? They'll say you've stolen their homework, of course, won't they?
0: <laughs> well, they, you know, they've been uh, a strong opponent <laughs> of it, but there's some actual similarities to what Uh, Simon Court their infrastructure spokesperson, has been saying for a while I've been on a number of panels with him and um, we're we're of a a similar mindset on a number of issues when it comes to infrastructure funding. So one of the things we've talked about, for example, is um, what's called value capture tools, which is, like it's a fancy way of saying if the government um, turns up and builds a a new busway or a train station or a state highway near you um, and you're a landowner and you benefit from the uplift in that land, uh, then you should make a contribution to paying for that infrastructure. You know, if you think of the city rail link, for example, that's created enormous value in parts of Auckland and well, basically been funded by the Crown. So, you know, Act's been talking about that. So I think there's a bit of complementarity there.
1: Yeah. Um, actually, getting onto the greenfields, um, you know, basically breaking the city limits, I think, in terms of um, the, the land that sits within and without the boundary, there's a big difference in value there. What about the concerns that a lot of people would have around the the farming land, the horticultural, the arable land that we really value, um, what protections would be in place for, you know, it's the Pukekohe thing, isn't
0: it? Yeah, so that, look, what we've tried to do is strike the right balance. So what the government's um, policy, national policy statement does is it protects class one, two and three land. Just by way of background, class one is about the, your top 1%, class two is the next three sort of to four percent, hmm. class three is the next 10% of land. So it's a big swathe of land. We're saying protect class one and two, Make it very difficult to build on class one and two. But class three, the feedback we've had is that it's just too restrictive to say you can't build housing on class three land. Yeah. Uh, and so we're taking that out of the national policy statement and saying it, it's available for housing. We're not saying it has to be. All of these things are choices. So people who own the land, they'll be able to make choices about what they do with it. And if they decide to you know, sell to a developer and confer to farming, well, that'll be a lot easier under our policy. And that's a good thing for housing affordability because one of the problems at the moment is the average cost of land inside the urban limit in Auckland is $600,000 more than it is on the outside of the limit. And that's one of the reasons why we have such high house prices.
1: What about the concern about sort of uncontrolled urban sprawl with no quality infrastructure to really support it?
0: Yeah, so what we're saying there is any new greenfields growth has to be funded by the beneficiaries of that growth. So in other words, existing ratepayers won't be asked to cross-subsidise and pay for pay for infrastructure that they don't use. So if you've got a new greenfields development um, out northwest of Auckland or down south, for example, the infrastructure required to support that, so the pipes and the new local roads and, and all of that stuff, all of the stuff that's necessary, that will have to be funded through targeted rates on the the people yep. moving into that greenfields development, for example. Now, that will mean that some greenfields is just uneconomic. And that's, that's what we're saying, that's, that's, that's the market delivering. Some will be economic and it will, it will take place, um, some won't, and we'll just let uh, essentially economics determine what, what happens and what doesn't.
1: I guess there are two consequences if you guys get in and enact this, there's going to be the economic consequence to the value of land probably immediately, but how quickly could we see an improvement in our housing stock and affordability?
0: Look, we want to move very quickly on this to legislate, but obviously it takes time to implement, and you've, and you've seen that with the way the N D R S has worked at the moment. So it will take a, a year or two to filter through into you know our planning instruments. Um, but look, over time we want sustained moderation in house prices, uh, and we want to make housing more affordable. It's just not socially or economically sustainable, that the average house in Auckland is a million dollars. Mm. You know That's some of the most expensive housing in the developed world and it's caused enormous social problems in New Zealand, whether or not it's the cost of living or uh, poverty or inequality, or homelessness, all of those things are caused, by our, caused in part by our high house prices. So we do have to get on top of this problem and I think the policy we've announced today actually deals with the underlying root cause of housing affordability, mm. which is high land prices. Uh, and infrastructure system that's broken. But the other thing that I do want to mention did want to mention is we're incentivising councils to go for growth. So we yeah. set up a billion-dollar fund which will give incentive payments to councils for every house they uh, consent to be yeah. built above the long-term average. Uh, so they will benefit from housing growth, and that's a good thing.
1: OK, because uh, it's not like you've thrown the baby out with the bathwater, I guess. So the, the, my final question is, what's the future of, because um, these are big issues, is there still the possibility of bipartisan politics on these issues? Or or do you think you've, you've, you've sort of torched that?
0: No, I believe there is, and let me tell you why. Phil Twyford in 2017, when he was Labour housing spokesperson, said that he would smash the metropolitan urban limit in Auckland, which is essentially what we've announced today, and he said that he would fix the infrastructure system very similarly to what I've announced uh, this morning. So actually, Labour has talked previously about very similar concepts to what I've talked about. They haven't had the political courage to implement them in government. The question for them as to why that hasn't happened, but actually I do believe there is, quite a degree of consensus from economists and from policy makers about what we need in New Zealand. We need competitive urban land markets, we need a financing systems infrastructure that actually works and we need better public transport and better roads and that's exactly what our policy will deliver.
1: Excellent. Hey um, Chris, really appreciate your time this afternoon and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Cheers, thank you, bye bye. That is Chris Bishop, he is National Party's um, spokesperson on urban development, housing and infrastructure. That's quite a mouthful actually. for more from the Weekend Collective, listen live to News Talk ZB weekends from 3 p.m. or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.